0: All right, it's November 14th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit podcast, here to talk about the day's random comic book. And today's pick for my collection is the Space Ghost one-shot from I've heard it pronounced two different ways, Comico or Kimiko. It was independent Publishing uh, comic publisher in the 80s. This was a 48-page book, no ads. Cover price three dollars and fifty cents. With a front and back cover by Steve Rude, and it, they're beautiful covers. The front cover is Space Ghost and his his sidekicks Jan and Jace and Blip the Monkey, and the back cover is his, uh, his space ghosts villains. And the script is by Mark Evanier, Steve Rude, and with a plot assist by Daryl McNeil pencils by Steve Rude, inks by willing Blyberg colors by Ken Stacy, And the uh, editor was Diana Schultz. If you're not familiar with Kameko, they were an independent publishing company, from '82 to roughly, uh, they went into bankruptcy at ni- in 1990 and continued to sporadically publish books until about 1997. Some of their more famous books, well, that's where Matt Wagner's Grendel got his got its start. Also, Matt Wagner's Mage was a big uh, was was a, one of their flagship books. Bill Willingham's Elementals. Uh, Johnny Quest, Justice Machine, Robotech, Sam and Max, just to name a few. Uh, those are some of the more notable ones. It was a good company. They, they put out good books, good quality books. I definitely got a few uh, Kimiko books here and there. So this issue is titled The Sinister Spectre. The book opens on a prison world called Gal World which is on what it looks like an asteroid, maybe, or a moon. The villain Zorak was just sentenced to five days, which doesn't sound bad until you find out that one day on Gal world is equal to 20 years. So good old Zorak's looking at a hundred years, hard time. He's in the prison yard with a handful of other prisoners who are also enemies of space ghost. And they're all sitting around talking escape and revenge. When Zorak is suddenly summoned by a mysterious figure, but physically he's still in prison, but mentally he's standing before this cloaked figure who's offering him the chance to destroy Space Ghost. In his vision, Zorak is presented with a pair of power bands identical to the ones that Space Ghost wears. Suddenly, Zorak realizes that he's back in the prison yard, and for a second he believes that it was all a hallucination. Until the power bands actually materialize before him. He proceeds to destroy or incapacitate the drones guarding the yard, and he gathers his fellow prisoners. They agree to escape with him to seek revenge on Space Ghost, but there's one problem. They have no way of getting off the prison surface. As if on cue, a spacecraft appears and transports the group from the surface to the ship. Everyone's pretty much amazed, including Zorak, but he He plays it off. It doesn't stop him from taking credit for every aspect of the escape in order to maintain his grip as the leader. Cut to Jan and Jace, the twins, enjoying some downtime on a beach with futuristic water skis wearing swimwear and their domino masks. (laughs) I guess they're always ready for action. Jan even mentions getting Space Ghost to come with them next time. Can you picture Space Ghost enjoying himself on the beach? I can't. Just then, Space Ghost contacts the twins, telling them that they are needed back on Ghost Planet for an emergency. Back on Ghost Planet and back in their uniforms, Jan and Jace find Space Ghost, who plays a distress call that he intercepted. The mayday is garbled, but one part distinctly describes a crab-shaped saucer which causes the twins some concern as the ship is a trademark of Rob Corps. Space Ghost tells the twins to stay on Ghost Planet and to monitor for any more distress signals while he investigates. Along the way, Space Ghost remembers their last run-in with Rob Corps when they encountered an invasion scout ship. The ship started to capture Space Ghost with a tractor beam, pulling him inside, but he uh, he eventually escaped and destroyed the ship. Meanwhile, Zorak and his newly formed coalition of villains are watching Space Ghost fly into a trap. He's first attacked by a group of laser firing space bats, courtesy of one of his enemies, Creature King. There's a little bit of dissent among the bad guys as they're starting to act against each other and question Zorak's leadership. While this is all happening, the mystery person reaches out to Zorak again telepathically to let him know that he released yet another villain from prison, from a different prison, Metallus, and sent him directly to attack Ghost Planet. After dispatching the laser-firing space bat, Space Ghost feels like something's not right. And as, he fly, as he's flying away, the same mysterious person appears in space to taunt him about Metallus at that very moment on ghost planet another alert comes in about the prison escape the twins try to reach space ghost to tell him that his enemies are free but their communications are being jammed an explosion rocks the base so they fly out on their rocket packs to find the hangar and their ships damaged they're being attacked by a bunch of uh, metalis's robot falcons they try turning invisible but something's stopping them or something's jamming their equipment Metallus himself appears and takes Jan and Jace prisoner as bait. Space Ghost then arrives on what's left of Ghost Planet, finds Blip, hops in the Phantom Cruiser, which is the coolest ship ever, and they go to follow Metallus. As he gets closer, we see that Zorak has set up a a gauntlet of obstacles and adversaries. First up is Lurker, who hits him with his purple sleep mist. Then Brack jumps in, trapping Space Ghost between two Force Beams, essentially trying to crush him. And even though they have Space Ghost on the ropes, Lurker, Brack, and Zorak start fighting amongst themselves, thanks to Invisible Blip who's causing trouble. Space Ghost breaks free and continues only to be attacked by minions of the Creature King, Space Ghost is mostly evading the creatures, not looking to fight them, because he's more focused on finding the twins. Space Ghost confronts Metallus in an an arena where they agree to engage in unarmed combat. Meanwhile, the mystery hooded figure who's watching all this go down from another room with the twins in a cage, turns and reveals his true identity to them, and they are stunned beyond belief. While Space Ghost and Metallus continue their fight, Lurker sneaks in and steals Space Ghost's power bands. Blip, Invisible Blip, also frees Jan and Jace. Space Ghost manages to outsmart Metallus and then comes face to face with the hooded mystery figure who masterminded everything from the beginning. And it's, drumroll please, Space Ghost. Yeah, it's Space Ghost. So it turns out that when Space Ghost was originally taken into the Saucer Crab ship from his memories, the beam that he was stuck in copied every thought, every cell of his body, every piece of data, every power he has. And Rob Corp used all that and created an Android program to destroy Space Ghost and take his place in order to further Rob Corp's interests. Space Ghost, without his power bands, flies off to draw Evil Space Ghost outside where there's more room to maneuver and so he can figure out how to defeat him again without his power bands. Blip manages to get the power bands back from Lurker and the twins make a plan to help Space Ghost. Evil Space Ghost is about to smash Good Space Ghost with a boulder when Jan and Jace fly at him from opposite directions, distracting him long enough for blip to give space ghost his power bands back space ghost blows evil space ghost back down into the arena where Zorak totally unaware of the duplicate android space ghost turns his weapon on him thinking it's the real space ghost and destroys evil space ghost Zorak's victory is short-lived however as the real space ghost and the twins arrive Having rounded up the remaining villains and send them all back to Gal World Prison. So that's pretty much the end of this one-shot. There is some more, there is some back matter that's pretty neat. There's a f- five-page article in the back uh, uh, regarding the development of the original Space Coast cartoons, written by Mark Evanier, with some Alex Toth model sheets and some sketches from Steve Rude's sketchbook. That is all for the Space Ghost One-Shot and for this episode of the Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue from my collection. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.